Hello, and welcome to the Two Bald Brothers and a Microphone podcast. This is your co-host, Danny Ryan, here with Tommy. Tommy, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Excited about our first interview. Our first, uh, uh, this is Trisha Mercado. Trisha, you're our first interview. That, that second. is very exciting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This is a little bit of a uh, an, an inside joke because I think at 10 years um, we had uh, what we called our three will heroes and there were people who really influ influenced three will over the first 10 years and Trisha was one of them and uh, she happened to be the second person we, rec uh, we um, recognized and I think her husband Alan noticed that she was the second so she pointed <laughs> <laughs> he pointed out that uh, you're our second, so um, you're our first interview, so you're the first, to, you feel privileged to be on? Absolutely. <laughs> hopefully I'm not your last. <laughs> and hopefully our first and last interview. <laughs> so thank you, Trisha, for doing this. Just to get us uh, kicked off here and started, we've, wow, we've, we've known each other for, I guess since it's uh, close to 10 years, because we're up on uh, you know at least seven years since the ten year anniversary. I mean, we knew each other before that, and right. coming up on ten years that we've not. Wow, the time has flown, hasn't it? Yes, agreed. It has flown, and so we've um, we first uh, got to know each other when you were uh, we were director of collaboration. What was your title back then? Or yep. was it director D of apps? Director of communication and collaboration communication. for Turner. Awesome, awesome. So, um, and this was, that was, uh, I guess when we first had our couple of conversations together, we were, um, I was talking a lot about SharePoint and you probably thought I was crazy about talking about SharePoint so much. And then eventually we started looking at it and, and um, we, we were able to work together and do some, some great stuff together there. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity to work with you uh, during that period of time. Thank you. And, Absolutely, absolutely. So today, what I wanted to do was to uh, get into some of the things that I know you've talked about at uh, conferences and more around the soft side of uh, of, of collaboration and um, talking about um, making changes inside of large organizations and sort of how some of these um, technologies can help support you to do that. And I know Tommy and I, um, we talk a lot about three wills culture. I mean, it's, it's, it's very important to us. And so as we get this kicked off, I just wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, how do you use uh, these, um, these platforms to, po to influence positive culture change inside these larger organizations? So, um Collaboration is an overused term these days, yep. um, and people think if they talk to each other, that's collaboration. Um, so it's an interesting concept, but inside a large organization, uh, the larger the organization, the less collaborative it becomes because just it spans across too many areas, so many people, mm -hmm. um, and all the organizations struggle with their internal culture um, and I've seen this in, in a couple of places and, and even my, my last role with Cree which wasn't a, a huge organization like Coca-Cola but you know it's still 7,000 people across the globe mm -hmm. and, and culture certainly drives productivity and um, 
employee engagement and the more engaged your employees are, you guys already know this, you know, mm -hmm. the more productive everybody is. So you, leveraging SharePoint and now with the rest of the Office 365 tools, Microsoft is, is really starting to get it. How do we bring people together, not just on the SharePoint platform, but you know, with Teams and Planner and OneDrive and all, all the other products that they're wrapping mm -hmm. together. Um, it gives people a way to communicate with someone they're not sitting next to. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it, the culture will change when you implement these tools, whether you want them to or not, as long as you allow people to use the tools mm -hmm. because they will discover how to find the person across the globe who does exactly what they do and begin to share information, chat with them in ways that they never have before. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's a positive thing. And if leadership or someone at a high enough level across the organization can understand how those products can work together, um, and leverage that for a culture change, um, it's really fun to watch that happen. Um, at, at Turner Broadcasting, when we started out with you guys and we did Moss, remember Moss? Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, one of the things that we did on the back end is we, we built it so that we could connect various business entities in the future, even though they would all say they didn't need to be connected at that time. Okay. Um, and that's been a, a fantastic thing. As you know, that team is still going strong as a, a SharePoint Center of Excellence. They're in Office 365 and SharePoint Online now. Um, and so we were able to leverage the power of the platform and mm -hmm. we were kind of sneaky about how we set it up because we wanted people to be able to share content and search across site collections even back then mm -hmm. um, when they didn't even understand the power of the product. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the same thing, you know, both at Coca-Cola um, and at Cree, uh, establishing an environment where people can ultimately get there mm -hmm. is really important, I think. And, and, you know, when we, we, when Tommy and I often talk about culture, we talk about what our shared values are and, and, and culture, I mean, the, these are two, you know, Turner Broadcasting and, and Coca-Cola and even Cree, you know, the, I imagine that the culture is very strong and the shared values, you want to continually emphasize those as well. Was there often a shared value inside these organizations that was open communication, um, overused word collaboration, but was that part of, did that have to be part of the culture in order for this to succeed or how does that fit into, was there often a, one of the values of the company is, is this idea of sharing openly? Yes, I think um, in all of those places and many others, you know, I've had the opportunity to see others present their culture and their intranets and employee engagement across many different companies. And communication across the enterprise um, and building trust across the enterprise is always something that ends up on a company's mission and values. Uh -huh. um, whether, whether it is 
really fostered and whether they have the tools in place to do that becomes the question. Yeah. So, so I don't know that you'll find too many companies, perhaps there are some, um, where they wouldn't foster, they wouldn't want to foster, you know, great communication and, and having an open, trusting environment. Mm -hmm. um, but it is not always the case. Either people can't find a way to make that happen mm -hmm. or, um, you know, the more engineering type organization you're in, the more people keep things to themselves. And so you've got to have something really cool and shiny and interesting for those engineers to use in order to get them there. And I think Office 365 is now starting to offer those cool shiny things, mm -hmm. not just SharePoint, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And do you think, um... I think a lot of this as well as people will look uh, and see if the leadership is open with their communication. So has, how has it been sort of taking some of, uh, you know, going out and making sure that um, everyone's seeing that the leadership is using is being open and communicating and, and has that been a part of what you've tried to do as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, at Turner, we actually, um, oftentimes we would have to write a script for the executive, but we would um, convince the executive that it was great for them to do a quick little video showing mm -hmm. their favorite feature of Office 365 or talking cool. about some way that their organization is leveraging their new, you know, and we didn't really call it SharePoint, we would call it whatever their site name happened mm -hmm. to be. Um, and just a, a, not a professional video, just a quick quick snippet of them talking about a feature. Um, Coca-Cola uh, executives did a great job um, talking about, they were really supportive of, of social media inside the organization. And while they may not always be the one posting in the social media for employees to see, there was certainly some activity that happened there to support the company being social and communicating across boundaries. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, you know, I think that's really valuable. We didn't quite get there at Cree, but it's, they're on the right path to get there as well. There are some executives, and I think it's critical to seek out the people who have either done it in a company prior mm -hmm. or they understand it. Um, seek those out, pull them together. And I was doing that at Cree to have them start a dialogue about how do we extend this beyond just the people who are interested and get the executives on board. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that I was, I was impressed with at, at, at Turner Broadcasting is how you guys, um, you almost, you, you, you educated a lot of folks. You had these, um, you know, the, the monthly groups that would get together as well. And um, it was really a part of, um, you know, everybody was, was uh, you ended up training a lot of folks and teaching a lot of folks how to use the platform as well, which was, I think was really smart of you guys to do that, to pick up adoption. Yeah, I think that's crucial um, because it, some of these tools you you can easily get SharePoint still you still need a little bit of help in understanding the power of the platform and how it's designed um, so that you can leverage it and so there we did start with 
we tried to identify people who would be interested across the company. Mm-hmm. And then we drew them in and we would actually have, you know, a user group and they would lead the user group meetings by showing something cool that they just learned how to do that we might never even think of doing. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was really fun. And then we, we did the introductory and more advanced level education and that's still happening there. Um, we did that at Coca-Cola as well, mostly by webinar rather than, you know, classroom training, but it was still effective. Um, and, and I think that part of it is, is really, really important. So mm-hmm. discovering your champions, they may be in obscure places. We had, you know, executive admins who just got it and loved it and engineers and whose personalities were totally different and then a whole bunch of people in between. Mm-hmm. And so it was really fun to bring those people together and make them feel good too about what they're learning and discovering. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And Tricia, how, how did you find those champions? Because we find that that's a great way to drive adoption and to have real people showing real examples of how they're using the platform. So how, how did you discover those people? Did they come to you? Did you seek them out? Was there some way to, you know, find where they were in the organization? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that the best way to do that is not stay in your chair. <laughs> so, you, so you have to um, understand the structure of the organization and then find out who the people are across that organization, maybe at your level, maybe a level lower than you, ask them to lunch. You know, you guys know I love to go to lunch Um, or have a coffee or, you know, just go out to where they are and talk to them. Um, And you will be surprised how many, how much people know and how many people would be love to be engaged um, in a different way that um, typical IT teams never ask them to be. Mm-hmm. So right. even at Cree, where um, it's man- Cree is a manufacturing organization, there are a lot of brilliant engineers there designing the next LED lighting, you know, sources. It's it's fascinating, but they all stay in their space. Right. Um, and so I was able to pull diff- different people just in, um, you know, a pretty short time. When you start talking about what might be coming and asking who might be interested, people will come out from all over the place. As long as you don't ask them to do a lot of work for you, but they can share ideas with you and okay. be part of something different. Um, people are pretty up for that. We, we had some brilliant guys, um, working on our SmartCast technology team and, um, you know, a little bit difficult, difficult to work with, um, cause they're so brilliant and they're working so fast to get new products out. Um, right. but they were so easy to hook in and they become your evangelist and, um, then they're talking to the engineer over in a whole different organization 
about what they just did, and they don't have to like each other, by the way, but they right. do listen to each other. And all of a sudden, stuff is happening. Mm -hmm. So it's really a fun thing to do, but you have to, you kind of have to make that happen. They don't really come to you. Okay. Yeah. So you seek them out, um, spend time with them, understand what what the value is for them, and 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 somehow enable them. So how do you make it easy for them to evangelize? I mean, what what things have you found are great support mechanisms to take those champions and make it easy for them to have a voice um, to the company? Um, so you should always feed them whether it's donuts <laughs> or lunch. Um, and then you give them the, the cool stuff first. Okay. You make them part of your, you know, maybe not your initial implementation, but pretty close to the beginning so that they become part of the implementation of the products. And they can help you figure out how to leverage that product in their particular environment, and they become the champions of their domain, um, and suddenly they want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a fascinating thing to happen, but but you can't just you know do it once. Um, you have to continue to foster that relationship, or they they'll just do it and go away and do their own thing yeah. again. Trisha, I imagine with uh, talking about doing your own thing, I, um, you know, and there may have been some differences between Turner and Coca-Cola, but you, know, you were in an in internal group providing, you know, um, these option, options for services and and um, working with a lot of different departments. And I know, you know, over the last 10 years or so, there's been a lot of options outside of going with something that maybe Microsoft has and going with more of like a SaaS offering where they can just sort of go buy it, set it up, and they're off and doing their own stuff. How did you get consensus with groups um, or were you able to get consensus with groups with, you know, using what, you're, what you've got already instead of going after what the bright and shiny thing is that's, that's the latest thing that's out there? How did you deal with that? Um, I think that is 100% dependent on your uh, executive support. Uh-huh. For for your goals and mission. So making sure that um as as high as you can go in your organization. So at Turner, I knew the CIO and CTO very well because I was there for so long. Mm -hmm. Um and it was a little simpler to um meet with them and help them understand the value of using products that are designed to work together in a suite mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that you're already paying for, um, right? And so yeah. at Coca-Cola, um, that was a little more difficult. As you guys know, they chose to go with Chatter instead mm -hmm. of Yammer, but they had a pretty pretty large Salesforce um, team as well for obvious reasons. It's a you know very large organization and selling a lot of different products and marketing. Um, so our uh, CIO, who I also met with regularly and CTO, um, could not be convinced that Yammer was a better way to go, mm -hmm. but, but they did support, you know, the other Office 365 products within the, the organization, 
partially because that was a, a very large investment for the company from a licensing perspective. Mm -hmm. And so finding the way to speak to that organization um, to the senior level, do they want to talk about dollars? Do they want to talk about value? Do they want to talk about the soft cultural pieces? You know, what is the language of that senior executive um, and speak that language to that executive so that when someone tries to do something different, um, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to they're going to listen to that a little bit. And at Cree as well, um, we were ju we just finished the Office 365 project, um, uh, you know, just a, a month or two ago. Um, and that was very new. This was all subscription licensing and all of that was very new for that company. Um, so we talked more about the stability of the product and the environment and um, they they were beginning to really say, okay, good, we don't want to go pay for anything else, mm -hmm. right? And so we talked a lot about the dollars and the cost of the product suite and how Microsoft continues to add new capabilities to the product mm -hmm. suite, yeah. and it doesn't cost you any more. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of the sales pitch there. And, and they were very good about not letting um, some of these engineering teams go pay for something different if we had if we could show that we have the same capability so there's Microsoft has tons of and you know you can search for it online using that other product called Google um, <laughs> you know the analysis what are the features of this product versus another product teams mm -hmm. for example mm -hmm. you know People were skeptical because it was a Microsoft product, but when they really looked at it, um, they were like, e yeah, okay, we can use Teams and we're already paying for it. So mm -hmm. building those business cases over and over again, it's, it's not something that you do once and it stops, right? Mm -hmm. You have to do it all the time. Um, and again, stay connected with your business people so you know what they're up to so you can hear about it first before they go do something else. The um, question about sort of, and I'll share sort of one of the things I've noticed from my perspective, but how things have changed since we've made the move to Office 365. I think one of the big things that I've seen is, and you were sort of getting into this, but the number of features or what Microsoft is able to do more quickly nowadays than what, you know, Traditionally, SharePoint was a three-year product life cycle. You sort of you know, got whatever the version was, and three years later, you got an updated <laughs> version of yeah, that right. and had, a, had right. a really tough migration in the meantime, you know, the, the pains of the way it used to be. Well, in my day, we upgraded software. That's um, right. <laughs> or we did. Or we, we did software. <laughs> and what benefit am I getting out of this? It just seems like nowadays I can, you know, we're a small, agile um, organization, we can barely keep up with what's coming out. And um, I imagine, you know, what, th there's other things like what, what else has changed from your perspective since moving from the, you know, the, I'll call it the good old days of SharePoint, uh, you know, installed on-prem to nowadays where it's Office 365 and you've got whatever the latest version is all the time. Um, well, so I'll say the fantastic part about it that is 
from a mobility perspective mm -hmm. or multiple device perspective, they're really getting that right. And they didn't for a long time, mm -hmm. um, and, but now they're really getting that right. So it's tough to justify not going in that direction, mm -hmm. especially if you have a large workforce that is remote, um, um, a sales force out in the field, you know, that kind of thing. So the mm -hmm. value is certainly there. Keeping up with the, um, the latest releases and understanding how quickly those are coming, preparing your um, employees for that is a tough job. Um, and you have to sell it as though it's the iPhone or their Android where things are mm -hmm. updated all the time um, and, and compare it more to that which is why it's good that they've, they're figuring out the mobility piece because it would be tough to, to say, just like on your phone, you know, everything's changing. Um, but it's tough for an internal organization. I've, I've found, especially in finance organizations, they don't really like stuff to change. Yeah. And so, um, you know, getting new features even in Exchange or Outlook, um, you know, like the junk folder, um, we had to turn that off at one point because mail was, you have to train it, yeah. right? You have to, um, and mail, important mail was going in that folder and it just showed up one day and we didn't mm -hmm. know it was coming and we couldn't communicate it and we had to find a way to, to turn that off. So um, it's, it's a lot about communication and I, I think you know, your technical people can watch the roadmap and the new list of features that are happening, but it's almost like that's a full-time job. So I don't know what the answer is there, yeah. but you have to prepare your employees who are using the products for not having it the way it used to be where you're on the same version for 10 years. It's more like on your phone. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. You're talking about sort of also uh, talking about different types of users where, you know, the folks in finance are different than the, the engineering um, group. Uh, any insights on addressing the different generations of users and how that's uh, how that fits into what you've what you've done inside um, these these different organizations? Sure. So um, my generation doesn't like change, apparently, <laughs> although I claim not to be part of that group, um, unless I'm directly impacted in that much. Trisha, Trisha, you're, you're so young at heart. You're, <laughs> That's right. You're um, young at heart. And so uh, understanding and trying to help um, the different generations get through that is is an, a very important part of the process. Mm -hmm. um, the younger generation who has grown up with technology, um, really fun people to work with, I think. Um, but they've grown up with it, so they would be upset if something wasn't changing, you know, mm -hmm. every couple weeks or every month, because that's what they have grown up with. So that's a little bit easier. 
So again, when you're looking for champions, don't forget the, the kids. Mm -hmm. I, sorry, I don't mean that to be insulting, but she's, don't forget them. I think she's talking about Oliver. I'm looking over at him right now. Yeah, right, <laughs> Oliver? So don't forget them because they've got great insight and they can help you champion the products and be part of the new stuff. Mm -hmm. And they can go, you know, the whole reverse mentoring concept in a less formal way. They can go help the guy in finance who's mad every day because there's a new feature in itself that he didn't know about. You know, hook those people together and let them um, leverage each other to get excited about what's coming and how it's changing. Um, and but. Don't forget to have the conversation with the Microsoft team and provide the feedback about the pace mm -hmm. of the change because people can't take too much. That's too big. Um, and to help Microsoft find a better way to let people know what's coming before it gets there um, so that they can prepare people if it's a big enough change. Mm -hmm. and, and they haven't quite figured that out. And I don't know that any of these companies have figured it out. Um, but I think that'll be key to the long-term success of, you know, all of these companies. And I think you, I think I remember you talking about you were part of some like group or committee from Microsoft that was providing feedback to the product team at one point in time. Yeah, through uh, Coca-Cola was yeah. large enough. We were part of a, a cab um, and we met twice a year. And, and we were able to provide feedback on new features and, um, you know, communication and that sort of thing. So, but, but, you know, even while I was at Cree, I met with my account team every single week, um, mostly because we were going, we were moving a lot of products into the Microsoft suite. Um, but we had a lot of conversations about the pace of change and, um, you know, we we ask them to take that feedback back to the the teams, and I I think Microsoft is listening to that a little bit as much mm -hmm. as they can. And yeah. You said they're they're called they're called cabs, like like red Cups wine advisory board. <laughs> <laughs> Customer is this, advisory board. Is this yes. just some excuse to drink red wine? Is that all? <laughs> Pretty much, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tommy. You were going to say Seattle. something. In Seattle. In <laughs> Seattle. Tom, you were going to say was, something. Yeah, it, what I was going to say is it's great that Microsoft has those formal feedback loops with large organizations that have many people that are impacted by their products. So it's a great way to kind of, you know, aggregate the needs into representatives that go out there. But also what I've found and I'm very excited about and I've seen it kind of in action is the user voice. Um, feedback loops that are out there. So all the products that are out there in the suite of Office 365 that have their own user voice form that you can suggest an update or change or concern about the platform. And you can see the, the folks at Microsoft are saying, oh, we hear your voice is being considered. Oh, it's actually on the roadmap. And hey, it's actually been in implemented. And right. I think that's an awesome thing that they're doing that you know, was out there with some other small software companies. And um, 
I think they've adopted some of those more kind of agile, open philosophies that you see with the smaller companies that some of it maybe came from the Yammer acquisition or just came from the leadership of Satya to say, we need to get closer to our customers. And that's just another avenue that you don't have to be a Coca-Cola to get your voice heard. Right, you're right. And and people need to be encouraged to use those forums because, mm -hmm. um, you know, you have the attitude, well, we're so small. What, what, how are they going to listen to us? But, but you're right. They, those are there. You need to give them the feedback. I think it's really important. Otherwise, how do they know? That's right. Yeah, it's not fair. Yeah, and we, when we see things that are either what we're experiencing as a team or what our customers see, we'll go out there and put it in user voice and announce it in teams and say, Hey folks, I just uh, put this out there. Can you give me a, a vote, a thumbs up on that? So it has a stronger voice out there on the forum. Yep. Cool. So um, I'd like to keep these, I don't want this to be too long because I think Tommy and I could talk with you for another hour. <laughs> but uh, I just want to say, Trish, we, Tommy and I really appreciate the relationship that we've had over the last 10 or so years, however long that is. And we appreciate staying in touch with you and next time you're in town or next time we're up there it will definitely go out for lunch <laughs> you have some lunch together awesome awesome um, so what's so tell me what's going on what's the next couple months look like for you what's what's going on anything we can do to help out or what's what what's what's next for you what's your next big thing um i am uh, looking to in the area of program management so okay. I've, I've taken some time off and it's been wonderful I've had some uh, other things to to do during this time frame and so I'm starting to get back into looking for something more in program management a little less in technology mm -hmm. I it, throughout my career at Turner I had the good fortune to sometimes be part of the business mm -hmm. yep. um, and liaison with the technology and help automate processes and improve processes within a business group. And I haven't done that in quite some time. And so I'm, I'm seeking opportunities where I can be part of the business and use my technology background to help them. And that's it. Um, that's, are you looking primarily in the area you're living right now? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. And, uh, this has been awesome. I appreciate, uh, Tricia, thank you for taking the time to do this. And sure. um, maybe this next, uh, let, maybe uh, six months, eight months from now, when you're in that new position, I'd like to check back in again um, and see how things are going. But I appreciate you sharing the insights from uh, working at uh, three really great companies. And um, it's just, just really neat to sort of uh, look back on, on all this. And, and thank you for taking the time to do this. Thank you so much, and thanks for letting me go first. <laughs> well, Trish is number one. Trish is number one. <laughs> you have to bring that back to Alan, okay? Make sure uh, don't you, do you worry. Okay, don't you worry. Do excellent, excellent. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening, taking the time to listen to the podcast. And uh, Tommy and I look forward to having these types of conversations with folks in the in the 
near future, um, whether it be uh, folks we've worked with in the past or folks we would potentially work with. And uh, just uh, love having these types of conversations and love just sharing more about um, making these organizational changes and talking about um, communication and collaboration. And uh, just, it's, it's great to hear, hear from folks like Trisha. And uh, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.